I'm Jamie Mo Crazy, and you're listening to Life Gets Mo Crazy, where we'll hear from people who either been through a trauma or helped someone else through it. Listen and learn strategies you can implement in your life so when a metaphorical avalanche slides you down the mountain of life, you can climb an alternative peak with the best view. We are here today with Chris Lieberman, who is born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and is one of Tulsa's greatest assets by putting his Lieber Fun touch on events that he manages through his company, Amazing Events LLC. Before Chris's accident, he was the creator, founder, and executive director of the Williams Route 66 Marathon, the center of the Universe Festival, and was entertainment director for Tulsa's October Fest. Then, when he was climbing up the mountain of life, he got caught in a metaphorical avalanche that slid him to the bottom, and his life became a little bit mo crazy on March 8th. 2016, when Chris was working at the event warehouse and he fell off a ladder approximately six to ten feet high, he fell onto the concrete floor and bam, suffered a traumatic brain injury. And that is where his journey of his foundation began because he experienced a severe lack of educational material, support, and advocacy while going through the process of healing from a traumatic brain injury in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And him, as well as his partners, didn't want other families to have to go through the same struggles that they did. They wanted to be able to help raise awareness, educate, support, empathy, encouragement, and support to the survivors and to their loved ones who instantly became caregivers. So with a lack of neurological hospitals and treatment centers in Oklahoma, Chris and his family was forced to raise funds to seek medical care out of the state. And now they are back in the state and they are ready to raise awareness about healing from traumatic brain injuries. So Chris is on with us right now. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jamie. You doing well today? Oh, yeah. You know, it's always great talking to you. That always makes the day better. Thank you. And I I hear something exciting is happening in your life. I hear rumors that a puppy is coming. I know. She'll be here. She's on the airplane right now, and we really can't wait. She's not just going to be a puppy. She's also going to be a service dog that can help people with injuries like ours because – you know, when I was in Dallas, they, man, I think they had like four or five dogs, but having a dog around, it's just part of it that means a lot. And, you know, we're trying to replicate what's helped me get to where I'm at and give it to other people. Amazing. So are you giving, so is this dog your support dog or through for your foundation? Let's explain a little bit more about who she's supporting. Well, she's our, she's going to live with us. But she's also going to go to our activity-based recovery center and interact with the with our clients. And, you know, those, those type of places are just different 
you know, they're high energy, they're supportive. They get, you know, they make the brain work harder, give them support, give them hope. It's just, you know, people that have been to those places, know they're different. They're not like a gym. They're, they're what people need to get where they need to go. It's what helped me. That sounds like a great opportunity. I remember when I was living in the hospital after my coma and my dog, who is an emotional support dog and has done other activities for support as well, but she was allowed to come in and she came, her name is Leona and she came in and I got to say hi to her. And the first time she came in, I don't even remember that time in my life. But I do remember when she was coming in and how how happy it would make me feel. So I think that that's going to help a lot of the clients that you work with. So speaking of the clients that you work with, let's explain a little bit about what you are going to provide to those clients. Sure. Well, you know, our our foundation is about solving all parts having to do with brain and spinal cord injuries. I mean, it tells our story, but... Awareness prevention are all huge to me because I don't want any clients. We'll always have them, but, you know, I'd rather not. And so we'll have our activity-based recovery center. We have the caring program, which is as soon as somebody has a brain or spinal cord injury, if they're in Tulsa or somewhere close enough, we will go meet with them in the hospital because we know the doctors don't give them much hope which we understand why, but if we can use our example and give them advice and encouragement that if they stick with it, they can not only survive, but recover. And they need that. And then we we have other programs too, like the Brainiacs, which is where people can join for $19 a month and get some cool stuff and help us, you know, with our all of our programs. We have an alliance where we work with other organizations that do activity-based recovery. And, you know, we can all do better if we work together, cool our, you know, have our resources. And then we realize some people might not have the chance to come to Tulsa. So we could refer them out to other clients that are closer to where they live. And, you know, your podcast is going to be part of it because it's awesome. I was going to do my own until I started watching yours. I was like, you know, we got to go more, more crazy. She's better than I am at it. Well, thank you for liking my podcast, which you are a part of, <laughs> the growing of it. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on with your rehabilitation center that you probably understand this as well, and bringing up my podcast, is it takes steps to grow into that. I've actually been a podcast host for three years And that is what happens when you're healing from a traumatic brain injury or recovering from any sort of traumatic struggle is instantly your life changes. You encounter a trauma and not only does your life change, but your family's life changes and all of your caregivers, their life instantly changes. And then you do have to climb an alternative peak. And it is a lot of ups and downs in that process and takes a lot of time to deliver. And one of the things that's incredibly important in that process is to climb with a friend. Find your support system who's going to climb the alternative mountain with you. 
which it sounds like your foundation does, is they go to the hospital. That's how early they start supporting the people who they work with. And then you are helping them all climb the alternative peak to create a new life that they love. Absolutely. That's so important. And well, you and I both know how how important this is and how it's different from any kind of injury that can happen because it's instant. And you pro- you're lucky if you even know it's a possibility. And even if you don't know that, you know that you uh you don't know what to expect or what's going next. And like us, they kept telling Kim, well, they would tell her, take him home, put him in a nursing home. He's never gonna have a personality again. And of course, I lovingly tell her that I know she works her so hard because she thought I'd be even better without personality. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And it, it is true. And, and a lot of like statistics show up as negative results to this, this trauma. And besides like having, having a brain injury or encountering other physical traumas, things happen. Like the world right now is experiencing a trauma because pretty darn quickly COVID hit. And for a lot of people, one day they had a plan for the spring and the summer and the next day it was all gone. And everything had to change. And all of a sudden, you're, you might have gotten fired and you might not have done anything to deserve to get fired, but your company had to let people go. And then all of a sudden, you don't have a job. So how do you support your family? So it, it does have some similarities to a brain injury, like you pointed out. A brain injury is instantaneous and it's not something you expect or prepare for. And very few people know hardly anything about a brain injury until they're thrust into the position to have to deal with it and climb an alternative peak and create a life they want to live after the brain injury. Yeah, it definitely changes everything. And But I think if you do survive and recover, it makes you and everybody around you more confident and do better things, which is what I'm striving to do. I've done a lot of great things, but now my most important thing is this foundation by far. And in order to change your perspective on what's truly important and you have the the sense that it's truly important to give out to people. And it it sounds like you are saying that in your whole recovery process, instead of feeling like, why did this happen to me or depressed in that sense, you really started focusing on feeling grateful for everything that you received in your life. And because you're so grateful for all the things that you received, you want to spread that out to others so they can receive good fortune as well. Absolutely. But it did take time. I'll tell you the truth. When I was first home and, you know, being, pretty much away from life and comas and stuff for four years, the world changed dramatically. I didn't even know who the president was. I had to relearn everything. And, you know, I've lost so much because a lot of the organizations like the marathon have to move on when you're in the hospital for four years and they don't think you're going to survive. So I, you know, I didn't know why I was here, but I was glad I was. And once I got into activity-based therapy and, you know, it didn't take me long to get out of my wheelchair and cane 
and have hope and see that I could do something with my life again. And that that's when I decided to do this. And, you know, like I said, I've done lots of really cool, fun stuff, but helping others is always, it's always been nonprofit stuff. And this is the biggest, best mission I can provide, not only to America, people have these around the world. And eventually as we grow our website, you'll be able to choose your language and things like that. And, you know, this is where my life can make a mission. And to me, since I'm a businessman, it's my way to give God a good ROI. Is there a specific moment or period of time that allowed you to pivot your mindset and decide that you were grateful and wanted to give it back? Like, was there a, a, a key trigger? Yeah. Um, as soon as I was at uh, React in Dallas, and realizing that I had hope that I was going to be better again. I immediately started with my girlfriend, Kim. We formed the nonprofit foundation, gave it a name, gave it the website, got started, you know, raising money, getting board of directors and all that. But once I was sure, you know, I could walk on my own again and my brain was working. That's when I decided that was my life's mission. That's why I'm here. And what would you feel to suggest that a caregiver should do? Because you mentioned Kim, and Kim was a very big caregiver in your life. And so what was the best thing that she gave or provided or caregived to you? Yeah, well, first off, I wouldn't even be alive. She was the one who was in charge of all that and getting my, well, I didn't even know how many friends cared about me that much. You know, I loved them all. I knew they were there, but I never knew. I never expected that they'd be put in this position. You know, my friends from around the country were coming everywhere. I went to hospitals around the country and they were coming there to help us and help Kim. You know, depending on what city she was in, we knew somebody and they would let her spend the night at their house while she, she would get some sleep. And, you know, that that was huge. And as far as caregiver goes, they're all great. I'm just a little different. I always want Kim and nobody else. So believe it or not, it's kind of funny looking back. I fired them all <laughs> because I wanted Kim. And then everything was fine once it was her and I again. We're the perfect couple we call ourselves crimmy. And, you know, she had to work really hard and it was hard for her, but she was willing to do it. It sounds like support was very relevant in your recovery process. What was the hardest thing that you had to overcome so far? Well, you know, the injury I'm still having troubles with. I had started my comeback tour which was to walk a quarter marathon, a half marathon, and then a marathon in a few years. But I ran into some trouble just slipping and, you know, straining my ankle really bad. It wasn't broken, but I had to be in a boot for a while. And I'm still in therapy. I'm not completely ready to get back started but I think I will be soon. 
So that's been tough. And, you know, another thing that's kind of tough is a lot of people think I'm not 100% yet. You know, they're all so worried about me. And, you know, is Chris really back? Can he, you know, I've been executive directors of several nonprofits. And people are like, oh, well, he had a brain injury. Is this okay? I, and I just, you know, I still have to convince people I'm the same old Chris. And um, I think they're learning, but I think there's still times they they think, what did he say? I've, you know, I've always run boards differently in a nonprofit because they're volunteers and they work very hard. And I try to make it fun, not like a regular Amazon board meeting or whatever. I try to reward them with appreciation and fun and things like that. But so that's different than a lot of boards are run. And I'm having to calm that down a little bit and be a little bit more businessy. But I still, it's so important to make sure they're appreciated and keep their eye on the ball. This is why we're doing things. These are good decisions. You know, I've proven that we can do this and be successful. And a lot of times, you know, I always ask for their food feedback, but there are things we got to do to be successful, and that's what we're going to do. And if they do have an idea that's better, I'm open to it. But I am a strong businessman, but I listen both ways, and if they have a good reason to change it, I'll say, okay, let's change that part of it. But if I feel strongly about it, I'll explain to them why I do. So I'm having to learn to be more careful about it. Still doing the same thing, but making it fun, making sure they appreciate it, but mostly making sure it's running more like a business. Like when I was doing the marathon, the music festival, those are different industries. Those are more about fun, especially the music festival. Those meetings were incredible. <laughs> um, so... But back to your question, that's always hard because everybody, including Ken, frankly, is so protective of me. And I appreciate that. But they have to realize, and they are realizing, that I am the same old Chris. And I have good, solid, strong reasons about what I want to do. But if they really think it's a mistake, I'll listen. And if I agree, I'll change things. So... I think probably everybody that goes through what we've been through has issues like that where people feel that way. That That is a big struggle. And it does take a really long time. That's a big thing. Because for me, when I was about a year out of my injury, I thought I was 100%. And I still continued to heal for like the next five years. And looking back on it, I can say, I was not where I thought I was. And so it's kind of a, a two-way street because then it was really challenging for my sister and my mom, my little sister, Jeannie. In an instant, she was thrust into being a caregiver for her older sister. So imagine the person in your life that you follow the most, look up to the most, who makes all the decisions, and all of a sudden instantly having to become their caregiver 
it was pretty challenging. And then she had to realize, like you, what you mentioned with Kim, how to let me go again. And she was not a mom. She, she was a teenager into her young 20s. And I was her older sister that she had to take care of. And then she had to let me go and take care of things myself and show my independence. And that was very challenging to go through those stages and to build a relationship, a friendship, and love her again. I mean, I continued to love her, but our relationship got fairly strained. And, and now it's back to being good again. It was a great relationship and now it's great again. But it's very difficult to be thrust into that caregiver role and then have that duty to still protect but not coddle and control too much. Yeah, I mean, it sounds just like Kim and I pretty much. And I think like you understood and I understand, but there can't comes a point where everybody has to realize that, yeah, I'm really bad. Let's get this done. And, you know, little things I've done differently. I've let Kim, I've always been in charge, but I let her run the board meetings now. I just say, look, when you say something, always, before you ask everybody, you know, she always says something and says, what do you guys think? And I say, say, Chris, what, what do you think? And then everybody else can think. So we've, we're working it out. And, you know, I would say everybody loves Kim so much, especially me. And everybody puts up with me because Kim loves me. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all making changes. And, you know, to me, like everything else, success is all that matters, especially in this. And what does success in this look like to you? Well, the ultimate success would be our awareness and prevention programs. But really, you know, these things are still going to happen, maybe a little bit less. But the greatest success is to give them hope, help them survive, understand how hard it is, but also show them that you can. I'm an example. If you work hard and stick it out, you can get better because we hear things about how, you know, a lot of wives or girlfriends leave people. And, you know, a lot of times they're stuck with not really stuck, but it's the family and friends. Other people, a lot of times just give up and move on like they told Kim to. And but as long as we get their key support group to understand what it's going to take, what the goal is, and through me, see that they can achieve it, then that is the big goal. I just, all I want is I want to help other people who are desperate for it. You know, millions of Americans are going through it right now. And, you know, that doesn't even talk about the rest of the world. And, you know, that's the greatest thing I can do and will ever do. Helping other people is such an honorable thing to be doing and it's what you are doing and so if people are listening to this and they want to get in contact with you and they want to see your foundation how do they find both of those things yeah you can go to brain injury recovery foundation.org and once you're there there is a way to send me a message you click on contact us and it will send you a form and it'll send me an email 
And I, I would love to hear from everybody. And that's the and best. Then there's another thing. If you go to our programs page and click on the caring program, you can sign up for our caring program for anybody you know that's going through this. And that's how they will get help from us, which we can do it local in, in a reasonable area in person, or we are creating a video where we can send it to them. And there, we're also going to, I'm going to do a, 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 a book on it with, with about Kim and I are going to do that. So we can just send it to people in the hospital. They can read that. And then if they want to help easily, they can join our Brainiacs program online by clicking Brainiacs and they can learn more about it. It's kind of like most of the big foundations do where you receive benefits and t-shirts and stuff like that and update. And you, you agree to pay $19 a year. And that's one of the big things that's going to help us. We haven't even gone through this yet. You know, you've been through it. Most of the people who survive are on Social Security and, Me- and Medicare. And they can't afford to receive the services they needed. So our ultimate plan is to provide all of our pr- services and programs for free. But it takes money to do that because the costs are still there. And we're doing that through several events, which we're pretty good at doing, and the Brainiacs program. And that is how people around the world can join and help. And, you know, everybody I've met with, once I start talking to them, they're like, I know a friend who did this and that and this and that. You know, so many people know people who are going through these programs. Well, the programs sound amazing, and I bet a lot of my listeners will look it up, and thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Well, just from everybody that is listening, thank you so much. If You wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't care, and if you know somebody who's going through it, tell them to sign up. In our caring, sign up to our caring program. We'd love to help them and do everything we can. We even, you know, for cases, if people need money right now, say they have a car that's broken or whatever, we have done personal Facebook fundraisers for people, telling them, the, telling people the story and why they need it. And usually we're, we raise more money than they need. So, um, you know, it's just such an honor to be on your show, on your podcast. And we think you're incredible. And just thank you for inviting us.